0: Hey I'm Jim Richards I want to welcome you to the second installment in this series on resurrection realities. Now I'm going to introduce you to some things where you know all of the components. You know all of the individual things I'm going to be sharing with you, but what most of us have never learned is how to bring all of these truths that we know in the Bible together in a way that they actually influence and and work in our heart to empower us to this to this incredible quality of life that God has called us to live. You know, several decades ago, in Impact International School of Ministry, we had a we had a a man that was here and he actually had a master's degree in theology. He had pastored for several years and and after hearing some of my messages, he decided he wanted to come here and go through our Bible school. Well, actually, the first 10 years of Impact International School of Ministry, I don't think we had over two or three people that were under 30. Most of our people were, were 30, 35, 40. And most of them had already had uh, theological degrees. They had been in the ministry. Uh, and they came because after spending years or sometimes decades in the ministry, they realized that even though they had the information, they really did not understand how to bring those pieces together in a way that really influenced uh, our lives. And so uh, when this man graduated, he was at, he was a valedictorian for that year. And uh, in his uh, speech that year for the student body, one of the things that he said was, he said, I have spent all of my ministry life uh, learning about the thousands of problems that people have and he said, I thought that there had to be thousands of solutions. So for every problem, I had to learn a solution. Well, you know, that's kind of the way of the Western world. That's the way of the Western medical system. That's the way of the Western uh, uh, psychiatry system is that, is that everything has to have a name and then you have to have a specific therapy to uh, resolve that problem. And he said, but what I have learned is even though there are thousands of problems, There's really only one solution. And I'm telling you, uh, I want to bring you, help you come to that place where you realize that no matter how many problems there are, there is really only one solution. And you're going to learn that in this Resurrection Reality series in ways that you may have never, ever, ever even thought possible. So today we're talking about resurrection power. Now we have to understand how power and authority work in this world. Uh, otherwise, we will find ourselves saying all of the correct words, using all the right terminology, quoting all the right scriptures, but it still won't work because in our heart, what we believe and what, and, and where we're placing our faith, really sometimes, even though we're quoting the right scriptures, we're not really placing our faith uh, where it actually works to our advantage, the way the Bible teaches us. Now, one of the things that is so incredibly important to learn uh, about life, and you know, something, let me encourage you. Uh, I, I'm not really interested in getting people addicted to my teaching. I'm interested in getting people addicted to godliness, addicted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, get you a translation of the Bible that you can understand and consume this. This is the book of life. This is this is where we find everything that we need to know about everything in life, everything, everything about relationships, everything about government, everything about health, everything we need to know we can find here in the Bible, but I'll tell you what, uh, uh, we got to apply ourselves to it. Now, One of the things that Jesus put forth in Matthew chapter five through uh, chapter seven, and really you find this a lot of other places in the Scripture, but but there in Matthew is probably the clearest place that you can find it. And in reality, he is revealing to us uh, the concept of continuums because he's talking about how that if you hold something in your heart, if you imagine something, if you think on something, that that it doesn't grow. You know, one of of our concepts that we have when we're facing some kind of battle is, is, well, I know I've got this problem, but I would never let it get to this. Well, once something is alive in your heart, it is there. You may not have actually physically done it, but if it's alive in your heart, one of the things that you learn from Jesus teaching about the continuum, the only thing that has to change is the environment, is the opportunity. And so if you're holding something in your heart, you know, he used adultery as one of the clearest examples. He said, for example, if you're looking on somebody to lust after them, then you've already committed adultery in your heart. So so what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, that tells you if it's alive in your heart at some point in time, number one, it's already affecting you. People wonder, you know, I've had thousands of people come in for counseling and they would say, well, yeah, you know, I've, I've imagined this and I've thought about it, but I've never done it so it shouldn't be affecting me. No, it's what's in your heart that affects you uh, just as much as what you do. When you actually commit particular sins or, or you do particular things, about the only thing that really changes is they in, they affect you in, in your environment, in your relationships. They affect you on what I call the horizontal level. You're already being affected uh, between you and God uh, whenever you imagine things and you commit these things in your heart. But, but here's the thing you have to understand is this. When you allow something to stay alive in your heart, at some point in time, you are going to find yourself in circumstances, in situations, in environments where it will facilitate you actually taking action on what's going on inside you. Now, the whole concept of a continuum. Uh, it, again, it's expressed all throughout the Bible, and there's so many things in the Scripture that you will not understand until you understand the continuum and how that affects your heart. Well, one of the things that we understand that exists in a continuum is death. Now, when the Bible talks about death, and, and again, now understand in the Western world we talk about cause and effect. So I do this, this causes this and so then that causes the next phase or the next step that causes the next step that causes the next step and so so we think that that we live in a, a linear cause and effect world and we really don't we live in a in a world that almost everything actually exists in some form of a continuum and so so in, in the continuum uh death can can start out in our heart as as darkness well, what do you mean darkness well I, again even you know even darkness has a lot of dimensions to it but darkness can be where we start to move away from the truth a little bit now when the bible talks about god in the book of james it says it says that uh, with god it says god's good he's only good uh, don't ever say when you're tempted, tested, tried, scrutinized, made to strain, made to strive. Don't ever say that it's God. He says, because God is good, God's only good. And he says, as a matter of fact, God is so good that in an environment of perfect light, he never shifts enough to cast a shadow. So now if we depart from the God being good and only good, if we depart from any aspect of the scripture, it's sort of like we're, we're surrounded by perfect light it casts a shadow, so now we are entering into darkness. Now the thing is, it's not a matter of going this causes this and this causes this. It's a it's a matter of I was already in darkness when I began to embrace something about the scripture that wasn't true, uh, and and so so you know that starts out maybe uh, on some intellectual level, but but. Then that starts casting a shadow because now we have moved from the light. Starts casting a shadow. It starts affecting our understanding. So, so this continuum goes from from kind of twisting the truth a little bit to casting a shadow to affecting our perception, our understanding, and this sort of thing. And then, uh, then, but th- this cont- along this continuum, also we have uh, uh, we, we have. Depression, we have sorrow, we have sadness, we have confusion, we have frustration, we have sin, we have every kind of wickedness, we have poverty, we have lack, we have fear, we have disease, and then ultimately we have physical death. And all of this exists in a continuum where it's not about, you know, I give into it more, I give into it bigger. No, it's about the fact that I embrace something in my heart. And I give it an existence in my heart, and it begins to take on a life of, of its own. So there is a continuum of death. That continuum of death can just start with twisting the scriptures. It can go to darkness, and then it can go to heartache, and go to sorrow, it can go to sadness, it can go to all kinds of things. And then ultimately, it can, it can end in physical death. So and, and, and I'm not saying that, I don't even know how to say what I'm about to say. I am not saying that you look at somebody that has a, has a physical illness. Oh, well, they're in sin. They're not in sin the way we think of being in sin, but I can tell you this, that they are in darkness. So, so death, because it is a continuum, it has incredible, an incredible number of dimensions to it. And so this means that there are several manifestations of death. But here is the great thing and this is why I made reference to this student that graduated uh, 20 or 30 years ago, Um, uh, all of the aspects of death, we don't have to know the thousands of solutions. We don't have to know the thousands of therapies. We don't have to know the thousands of complications. What we do have to know and realize is this, every dimension of death is actually resolved or reconciled through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now, when I say it's reconciled through the resurrection of Lord Jesus, this is not. I am not saying here just because you know about the resurrection of Jesus that you, that you experience the light and the light sets you free from self-deception, all this kind of stuff. But I am saying this. I am saying the resurrection is the solution. But but we have to know how to enter into. The resurrection here and now. So I don't have to know an individual solution for every individual problem, because really, what I want to do is I want to enter into the resurrection where Jesus was raised up uh, out of sin, death, hell, uh, conquering the devil, disease, all of the all of these dimensions of death. He rose up, conquered them, seated at the right hand of God, received an inheritance, and we have the opportunity to share in all of that. Now, the Bible tells us this, and if, you, if you've been following my teaching for very long, you've heard me say this a lot of times, don't tune me out because I'm always going to say some things or bring you into some dimensions that are probably very different than any way that we've ever discussed it before. But the key to victory, the key to every aspect of victory gets into what we believe in our heart about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, everything. As a matter of fact, you know, we all know the scripture, Romans 10, 9, and 10 tells us if we confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised from the dead, we shall be saved. Well, I'm not, in this video today, I'm not going to go into all of the dimensions of what we need to understand about that passage of scripture, but we do need to understand what it says. It says that salvation starts with us believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I do want to focus in on the word saved, and, you know, we've talked about the word saved hundreds of times, and the word saved means saved, healed, blessed, prospered, protected, made whole, set apart. In other words, the word saved or salvation actually gets into every dimension of what Jesus conquered. It gets us into every aspect of victory, every aspect of newness of life that Jesus provided through his death, burial, and resurrection. So there is a tendency to think about, think about saved or salvation only in the light of getting your sins forgiven and getting a ticket to heaven. Well, that's, I'm so incredibly thankful for that. But the truth is, uh, there is so much more to this word that we call saved. Uh, it is so multidimensional, but, it, but being saved is the, the resurrection power that makes it possible for me to enjoy victory over every single aspect uh, of death uh, and disease and sickness and poverty and lack and fear and loneliness and broken heart. All, all of that, uh, we are provided absolute uh, victory through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So so I I need to believe this in my heart. Now, I want you to realize that the biblical concept of the heart is so very different than than you hear today. And, you know, in most arenas, the biblical concept of the heart uh, gets into what you believe at a deeper level. It's not the mind. The heart and the mind are not the same thing. Uh, they, they both have very similar functions, but let me just say this. I'm gonna give you this brief introduction. And by the way, you can get my book, Moving Your Invisible Boundaries, if you want to understand the heart, uh, but the mind serves to protect the ego because the ego is the false sense of self it's a false you. Now, remember, the Bible tells us that all that is in the world is lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Well, the pride of life is ego. And so so the the mind is always seeking to preserve your ego, your false sense of self, by uh, help making you or leading you to believe that you are right. And so the Bible tells us if we're going to make this journey from coming into Jesus to entering into uh, the kingdom of heaven, or what I call heaven on earth, the starting place. And I'm telling you, I have a book called uh, 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 Heaven on Earth. And the starting place of making that journey starts with repentance. And repentance, man, religion has messed up our concept of repentance just beyond the application. But repentance is where we actually change our mind. Repentance is, is really where we die to something and we are raised up, we come alive to something else. And so the beginning of this journey to heaven on earth starts with saying, I've got to die to all of my opinions, I've got to die to everything I know about, think I know about life, I've got to die about every concept I have of God, religion, Jesus, I've got to die to all of that, and I've got to go to the Word of God, and I have to be teachable. If I am not teachable, then I will remain stuck where I am because wherever I am, I am there because of the beliefs of my heart. Now, the reason the beliefs of the heart are so so incredibly powerful is because uh, the heart is where we get our sense of identity, our sense of self. So the mind seeks to convince you that you're right so as to protect your ego, your, your false sense of self. But the heart seeks to establish your true identity in God. And so it's only through our heart that we can put on the new man. It's only through our heart that we can actually enter into the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. Now we believe things in our mind and, and, and we start pursuing them, them to make them work. We start pursuing formulas and, and programs and all this stuff to make things work based on information well, again, the Bible tells us that, that knowledge or information puffs up, but love builds up. And there's, all, you know, there's always been a counterfeit for everything that's real in this world. Uh, the Word of God gives us the reality, the true thing, but the world always gives us a counterfeit. And generally, uh, the world creates a counterfeit that is so very close to the reality uh, that, that we can't tell them apart. So, you know, we're dealing with resurrection realities. We are not dealing with intellectual concepts of the resurrection. We are not dealing with ego-driven concepts of the resurrection. We are talking about entering into an experience because, because see, the mind leads you into this intellectual knowledge, but the heart leads you into experiential knowledge. So, you know, with the heart, you can theorize all of these things about the resurrection. You can get the right answers for a test if there was going to be one. But with a heart, you actually experience it's a knowledge that you experience. And as I tell you all the time, because of the way God created us, see, we don't, we don't get the life of God because we've got the right knowledge, the right information. And when we learn enough, oh, the lights come on. Now those lights that come on, ego, because, you know, when we learn something that we think nobody else knows, we get really, really excited about it. And the truth is doesn't mean anything Except it gets us trapped into our opinions. But with God, rather than trying to get knowledge to attain to life, when we experience life, then we understand it. Then we are able to assess the information. Now, let me say this the information that we gain uh, when we enter into, into life, in other words, when we enter into a healing, when we when we come out of poverty and lack and we enter into prosperity, when we come out of sin and enter into in, enter into godliness, when we come out of anything and enter into something else because we left that behind, you know, uh, we have this experience, so we know it's real. We're actually experiencing it. Uh, and uh, oddly, it's one of those things that even though we now understand how this works, now, even though now we understand the pieces of this puzzle, it can really never be explained in an intellectual way that satisfies somebody else's, somebody else's desire. Now, I'm kind of giving you a thumbnail sketch today about resurrection power, but uh, I want you to know that uh, Jesus won every single battle. There's no other place that we have to look to win a battle. We don't, have to, we don't have to look beyond the cross. We have to always go to the cross, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And and that is where God uh, made Jesus on the cross to become our sins. Now this is this is not popular theology. It is not popular to say that that Jesus became our sins. I've had people I, I've had people want to fistfight me at the end of a church service for talking about this. But the Bible says God made Him who knew no sin to become sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. The whole. Isaiah chapter 53, the whole chapter is all about this exchange where he is wounded for our transgressions, where he becomes our sin, where he takes uh, all of the consequences and results of our uh, of our sins. And so and so uh, uh, Jesus became our sins and and died in those sins and those sins held him in the grave for three days and three nights. Uh, and which, by the way, that means that he couldn't have been crucified on Friday and, and, and raised up on Sunday morning. Evidently he didn't know how to count or uh, we're following you know the, the religious traditions that were changed to fit the paganism uh, that, that uh, they were trying to fit Christianity into uh, in, in the first couple hundred years after the resurrection. But anyhow, so when Jesus came up out of the grave, so if Jesus became your sin, if he took your sin, the Bible says he took your sickness, he took your emotional trauma, he took your physical trauma, he, he took every, every limitation, every weakness, he took everything that was wrong about you, and he died from it. He died the death that you would have died or I would have died if we had died in those sins. But he trusted God and he was raised up, and we're going we're to get into in this session, or I mean in this series, about how to enter into that resurrection power that caused Jesus not just to come up out of the grave and conquer physical death, but to come up out of the grave, conquer physical death, conquer spiritual death, conquer separation from God, conquer all the power of sin. And so if Jesus conquered every temptation, ever sin that I ever, ever, ever have faced, or ever will face, then the truth is that power that works in him, that resurrection power that works in him, is the power that I need to enter into so that I can experience this same resurrection. By the way, let me just mention this: we have an incredible series called "Resurrection Realities" that you you can download right now. Uh, my series and my free uh, videos that I put here—they are not duplications of the same thing. Really, I'm trying to give you as many resources as I can give you through our videos, through our audios, through the books that I write. I'm trying to give you every resource that I can so that you can begin to live in and function in this and experience transformation. So if you want the CDs, you can order them. If you want to if you, want to, you know, dive deep tonight, you can download them when you get through watching this and, and bam, you will be right up in the middle of all this. All right. So real quickly, I'm just going to, get to, I'm just going to touch on all of this. But in Ephesians chapter one, the apostle Paul is talking about the fact that he is that he's praying for people, and even though uh verses fifteen through twenty three it sounds like he's talking a lot more than he is. Basically, he's just praying for three things and and what he's praying for is that the spirit of wisdom, revelation in the knowledge of him, that is in the knowledge of Jesus would open the eyes of our understanding, and we would be enlightened. Now, I'll go into all of that, what that means uh, at another time, and I go into it in a lot of other series. But basically, he says, so so I want you to experience this spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him so that your eyes, and by the way, the, the word understanding is the heart. The eyes of your heart will be enlightened so that you can know what is the hope of his calling Uh, so that you can know what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Now, it's amazing you find people that want to talk to you and teach you all about your calling. We're not supposed to be pursuing our calling. Our calling comes out of us seeking his calling. We need to harmonize ourselves with his calling. You know we don't have an individual covenant with God. God made a covenant with Jesus, and everything that He received in that covenant at the resurrection, uh, we share with Him. We don't go to God and make a separate deal. We don't make a side deal. We could never, we could never win that if we even if we even want it to. So, so the inheritance that we participate in this is not a personal inheritance. This is not about me having a covenant with God. This is about the fact that in the resurrection. Uh, Jesus uh, obtained or made a covenant and, and that covenant is forever since he had already died and been raised from the dead and he received uh, an inheritance. And so I, I'm not trying to find my own inheritance. I'm, I just want to enter into this inheritance that he has. But then he says, I, but the third thing is, I also want you, I want you to, eyes of your heart to open up and you be enlightened about the power that it goes to work in us and he says it's the same mighty power which worked in Christ when um, he when, when he was raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places. So the reality of it is you know see we have this kind of thing where I've got to have kind of a separate faith and so I've got to go over here and try to try to use faith to make these things happen. Now really what we've got to decide is do I believe or do I even know what happened at the resurrection of Jesus? Do I understand his calling, what he was really doing here on earth? Do I understand and believe the inheritance that he received? And do I believe in the resurrection power? Because because these three things that Paul is praying about is is to get you to believe what worked in Jesus, what Jesus obtained, the victories that Jesus had, so that you could enter in them and you could experience his calling. You can experience his inheritance. You can experience resurrection power, which is the power that worked in Jesus to conquer every single sin known to man. Listen, I want you to take this. I want you to think about this. You may have to go back and do some Bible study, but also I want you to share this with everybody who is struggling because in this series, I'm going to take you to a place where it's not about, it's not just about having enough faith to make things happen. It's not about you, you know, convincing God to answer your prayers. It's about you deciding whether or not you're going to believe what God did for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, go to my website, check it out. Got hundreds of free videos, got great series, got all kinds of tools and resources, and be sure and share this, and I will look forward to talking to you again next week. Blessings on you.